Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Park. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. Verses 1 through 18, all of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Father, we thank you once again for your word, the power, the grace, the wisdom, the anointing, the joy that rests upon your word. Thank you for the privilege, the honor, the blessing that is ours as we open your word every single day to spend time with you one-on-one, -on -one, to listen to your words of wisdom, words of grace, words of comfort, words of encouragement, words of power, words of blessing. Father, help us to grow every day in our understanding of what a gift, what a blessing your word is to us and help us to become wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds with your word each and every day. Help us to grow our understanding of the, of the ways that your word really and truly is a reward to us as you speak of yourself in Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. Help us to be wise enough to reward ourselves every day with the gift of your word, by spending time in your word with you one-on-one -on -one each and every day. We thank you and we praise you. And Father, thank you once again for the gift of mothers and thank you for the many blessings 
Mothers have been and always will be throughout, uh, down through the history of your people and your church. And Father, help us to be of encouragement, strength, and a blessing to mothers as they listen today. Father, pour out your spirit and mercy mightily upon every mother listening and mightily upon the mothers of our nation and our world. Flood them with your grace, peace, and light. And more and more, point them all to the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. Rick is going to share a word of prayer with us at this time. Father, we come today to praise your name, to lift high uh, the name of Jesus, Jesus, the, the sinless Son of God who died on the cross for us. Father, you're so kind to us to, to rescue us, to set us apart as your own. We praise you for that. We pray for our listening family. We pray for uh, those who perhaps have lost their mom in the last year. We pray you'll give them strength and courage and that you would minister to their souls during this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Just a reminder to you, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And want to mention to you, want to remind you, we have a number of prayer tools that we're glad to share with the listeners. In particular, I want to encourage you to email us to get a copy of the prayer tool we call Kingdom Prayers. It's uh, a compilation of prayers that are either based on or drawn from the Word of God. And we'd encourage you to get it both for yourself, just to use on an ongoing basis, but also it's a great tool to use as we look forward to uh, participating in the National Day of Prayer this week. Keep in mind, it's a great tool both for you to use, for you and your family, but also to share with others. And of course, remember by way of email, you can share it as within any and everyone and as many people as you feel impressed to the Lord to share it with. So please, again, email us for uh, that prayer tool. Again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Ask for the Kingdom Prayers prayer tool. And it's a tool that can greatly help set on fire any and every believer's prayer life. So I hope that you'll do that. I'd like to remind you also, once again, the book that I had the privilege of writing called The Intercession Chronicles. It's a work of fiction, but it's a very important and a fruitful work of fiction. It's a tool. It, too, is a tool to help set your prayer life on fire. You know, one of the things I found pastorally down through the years, everyone can use help in their prayer life. Everyone can use help in strengthening and growing in their understanding of prayer and the place it has in the life of a believer. Well, I would encourage you to get the book to help you do just that. Uh, Resources.afa.net is one of the sources, um, one of the means whereby you can get the book, The Intercession Chronicles, that, again, I had the privilege of writing. Or email me, and we'll give you information about it as well. But, again, a tool to both strengthen and encourage your prayer life, but a tool to... It's One of the goals behind the book is that it would be a gift you can give to a loved one, a friend, somebody that you know that can both help them to come to know Christ and also help them to begin to grow up and grow strong in their walk with the Lord, especially to grow in their understanding of prayer and what a vital place it's to have in their lives. Again, the title of the book, The Intercession Chronicles, again by myself, Joseph Parker. My email again, joseph at afr.net. But again, keep in mind, Simply, if you're wanting the prayer tool, Kingdom Prayers, again, same email, let us know. We want you to get it for you and your family and for you to be able to forward it to fellow church members, family, friends, loved ones. We're glad to share it with you. Again, Kingdom Prayers, my email, joseph at afr.net. We're grateful to 
Again, have you as a part of our listening family today. And today we're looking specifically at the topic, Insights from Insights from Mothers in the Word of God. And we'll be reading significant passages from the Word of God. But I want you to, I would encourage you to write the passages down and take time to go back over them and read and meditate on them because a number of them are passages that you're probably fairly familiar with. Yet at the same time, there's wisdom and insight to be drawn from these passages that can bless and encourage any and every believer, mothers in particular, but any and every other follower of Jesus Christ as well. So to begin with, we invite you to look with us in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 41 again. Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. But he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Again, Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Again, a powerful passage with a lot of insight for every believer, for mothers in particular, but for every believer as well. I would encourage you to take time to go back and read and meditate on, on it on your own time as well. But again, that was Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Very simply, it's the story of when Jesus was a little boy at the age of 12. He and his parents went, apparently was something they did on an annual basis, to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And with all that was going on, Jesus' parents were traveling back with a group that they were traveling with. And they pro probably basically did that because there were sometimes robbers and thieves might be along the roadside in those days, in those areas. And traveling in groups was an important, a wise way to travel in that day and time. But they were going and, again, um, didn't see him immediately, but uh, thought he would be amongst some of the other relatives that were part of their group. But at some point, they realized he was not amongst them. So if you can picture Joseph and Mary hurrying back to Jerusalem and looking, and it specifically points out that they didn't find him till after three days. And interesting, specifically, what it also says, uh, specifically verse 45 says, So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Well, of course, they were very grateful and blessed to the Lord to have found him, but apparently a little bit perturbed that um, they felt like he had gotten out of place. But the reality is Jesus was never out of place. 
Jesus was in the right place. He was exactly where he was supposed to be. Jesus always followed his heavenly Father no matter what. And keep in mind, not only did he follow him no matter what, even as a child, Jesus never veered from the will of God. So Mary and Joseph thought Jesus was out of place, but he was not out of place at all. Jesus always, always, always followed the Holy Spirit. And very important from this story that we can draw is that we should strive to, like Jesus, to always follow the Holy Spirit in every situation. And remember, you're never wrong to agree with God. You're never wrong to follow the Word of God or the Spirit of God when it comes to living your life. You know, and note too, Jesus' words are always profound. But note how he responds when their, their parents find him. Their, their question was one, again, a little bit perturbed, but they're wanting, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Those were the, were the words of his mother, Mary. Notice how Jesus responds. Verse 49 says, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? In other words, I needed to be about doing simply what God wants done. I needed to be, to be about doing the work and the will of God. Even at 12 years of age, Jesus' priority was doing the work and the will of God. How important it is that we as believers grow to understand that that's what we're in the world to do. We're here to be about our Father's business. We're here to do the work and the will of God. We're not here to do anything uh, as our, our, the high priority of our life is to simply be about our Father's business. How important it is that we grow to understand that and begin to live that. Father, anoint us all with a fresh anointing of the spirit of wisdom and grace that would encourage us and help us to live in such a way that every day, our high priority is simply to be about your business, to be doing the work and the will you called us to. Help us to grow an understanding of what that means and how to live that out. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen.
with God Speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, Insights for Mothers in the Word of God. Again, Insights for Mothers in the Word of God. And we uh, looked at Luke chapter 2, excuse me, yeah, Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Looking further, continuing the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1, specifically picking up at verse 13. Again, Luke chapter 1, picking up at verse 13 as we continue to look at the topic, Insights from Mothers in the Word of God. Luke 2, starting at verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, She was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me? that the mother my Lord should come to me. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the holy state of his maid, excuse me, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms, and has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones, and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty." He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Again, verses 13 through 56, Luke chapter 1. Now this passage in all of the Word of God is a very powerful and a very blessed and a very holy passage. It's a passage largely about two mothers and the unique journey that God called them on to carry, to bring into the world two very important persons. Now, let me say this very clearly. One of them is not simply a person. One of them is the Son of God and God, Jesus Christ. Yet John the Baptist was called to be the forerunner, the one to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. So again, this is a very holy passage with some holy insights about the whole journey both these mothers went on. But also, it also exalts the wonderful gift of motherhood, the wonderful way in which God exalts mothers in a unique way through this story. One, a very young mother, uh, apparently a teenager, Mary, but also a mother who had longed to be a mother for many, many years and probably... Uh, had gotten discouraged over a period of time, but God eventually answered her prayer, Elizabeth, 
and in her old age, probably the age of a great-grandmother, is having a child. And both of them experience the joy of knowing the Lord and serving the Lord and the joy of motherhood, the unique gift and joy of motherhood. How powerful it is for us to recognize the ways in which the name of Jesus is being lifted up through this passage, but also the wonders and the grace and the power and the joy and the blessing upon motherhood. We live in a world where, sadly, too many people are trying to destroy children in the womb, yet here God, in this powerful passage, gives us many insights and much understanding about the wonder and the gift of motherhood. And God uses a young mom, a teenage mom, and an older mom to worship him, to serve him, and to point the world to Jesus Christ, who is the answer to all of the world's problems. And even John the Baptist in his womb is witnessing and helping to prepare the world for the coming of the Messiah. He didn't wait till he was grown. He started his job right there in his mother's womb, letting the world know that's the voice. When his mother heard, when his mother Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary's greeting in her ears, even then John is filled with the Holy Spirit and apparently gives out a kick as if to say, hey, mom, that's the voice of your Messiah coming. A beautiful passage, a powerful passage. And how often when you hear mom speak of a baby kicking, they may or may not realize that sometimes God is saying something powerful, wonderful through the child inside her womb. Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful passage, this powerful passage found in the Word of God, the story, the journey of two mothers as they were about your business, following you, serving you, simply doing what you'd call them to do. Father, pour out your mercy and grace mightily upon every mother listening. And pour out your grace and mercy mightily upon every mother-to-be as well. And pour out your grace upon the church that is called to come alongside, to pray for, to encourage, and to be the blessing to mothers in the midst of them carrying out the business of bringing children for the glory of God more and more into the world. Father, help us all to grow an understanding of the unique calling, the blessed calling of Christian motherhood that mothers are called to. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to pray for and support mothers and to work, walk alongside them, to pray for them, to encourage them, and help the church to be wise enough to make it a high priority to come alongside women during this time, the unique time when she's carrying children. Father, more and more, raise up more ministries, that pregnancy, pregnancy ministries and many other ministries that come alongside women and encourage them and minister to them during this sacred time of pregnancy when they're carrying children in their wombs and help the church to value them to be the wonderful gifts they are in the world as God's vessels in bringing more and more of his children into this world. Father, thank you for the many wonders in this wonderful story of this passage found within Luke chapter 1. And Lord, move upon every one of us to grow an understanding of the wisdom of us spending more time reading and meditating on and listening to you speak words of wisdom, guidance, and grace to us about the insights found in this passage, even the truth that the author that you used, Luke, was a physician who spoke and thought in terms as a, as a physician in the world. Help us to draw on the treasure that's found in this precious and powerful chapter. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession we're looking today at the topic, Insights from Mothers in the Word of God. And so far we've been looking specifically in Luke chapters 1 and 2. And keep in mind, it's important for us to understand that 
every one of us, as the passage in Luke chapter 2 referred to the term, like Jesus was about his father's business, even at the age of 12, you and I are called to be about our father's business at every age in our lives. Well, what exactly is our father's business? Well, God's business is he's calling each of us to seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added to us. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of heaven? Well, it means simply to seek the will of God in, in all time, in, at all times, in all situations, and in all circumstances. And keep in mind, there are many truths that God teaches in his word that helps us know what God's business is. Prayer is the business of the kingdom of God. Obedience is the business of the kingdom of God. Reading and meditating on the word of God is the business of the kingdom of God. And there are many other things that are truths and insights and guidance that we get that help us to know what God's word and will, what his business really and truly is. Well, how do we know what's the business of God's kingdom? Well, by the grace and the mercy and the love of God, God gave us a kingdom manual that helps us know exactly what the will and the work and the business of God is. It's the written word of God. That's our kingdom manual. All of us are called to be diligent students who are wise enough to seek God's voice, his counsel, his wisdom every day diligently in the word of God. I can't overemphasize how important it is that we as believers have one of the high priorities of our lives, opening God's word every single day and spending time one-on-one with our Heavenly Father as he downloads wisdom and grace and power as we simply read and meditate on his word. The Holy Spirit will give us insight and understanding as we read, and the Holy Spirit permeates the word of God, and so it ministers comfort, wisdom, counsel, grace, vision, direction, and so much more as we're spending time in his word each and every day. Father, thank you for all of us as believers. Help us to grow tremendously this day in our understanding that Time with you, our one-on-one appointment with you every single day is to be one of the great priorities of our lives. Help us to know, Lord, that simply listening to you and your word, listening to you, learning your will, and living your will is what we're all called to do. Help us to know, Lord, that you have many things, very important things that you're calling each of us to do even this day. And our job is to simply listen to your word and your spirit and live with a yes, Lord, attitude. An attitude that, Lord, that's why I'm here. I'm here to be about your business. Thank you for the chance to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking today at the topic, Insights from Mothers in the Word of God. We'll be right back.
C.C. Winans, Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Today we're looking at the topic, Insights from Mothers in the Word of God. Again, Insights from Mothers in the Word of God. And we've looked at passages in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. And also we looked at Luke, chapter 1, verses 13 to 58. Again, powerful insights about Mary and or Elizabeth. Uh, looking, continuing in the Gospels, Luke, oh, excuse me, the Gospel of John, John chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. John chapter 2, starting at verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Verses 1 through 11. John chapter 2. Once again, a powerful passage that has to do with uh, Jesus and his disciples, and specifically Jesus and some interaction with his mother, Mary. Specifically, the passage points out that Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now, and note this too, interesting too, that it specifically points out that Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now, 
doesn't say Mary was invited. Now, it doesn't mean she wasn't. But the scripture is very specific to point out that Jesus and his disciples were invited. Now, amongst other things, this passage has some powerful insights about prayer, even though it doesn't mention prayer per se. Yet here, someone was wise enough to invite Jesus to this wedding. And I want you to remember a very important, very basic truth in the Christian life is through prayer, we invite Jesus into the events and the issues and the concerns of our lives. If we're wise enough, we'll invite through prayer, we'll invite Jesus into everything, every part of our lives, every aspect, every area. We all have challenges and struggles and difficulties. If we're wise enough to invite Jesus to come in and help us, we can get God's hand, which is the Holy Spirit. The hand of God is the Holy Spirit. We can invite God's hand, his presence to come in to help us with every challenge, every difficulty. So, Just as the person, probably the bridegroom, was wise enough to invite Jesus to the wedding, we too, through prayer, can invite Jesus into every event, every matter, every area of our lives. Father, anoint us afresh with the spirit of grace and wisdom. Help us to be wise enough to invite you into every area, every issue, every event, every concern of our lives. Teach us and help us and empower us to be wise enough to do that as a lifestyle. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, note here also, Jesus and his disciples are at the wedding, and so is Jesus' mother, Mary. Well, note at some point in time early in the wedding, Jesus' mother learns of a serious uh, problem that has come up. They ran out of wine. Well, note what happens when Mary realizes this problem has come up. Keep in mind, even though it doesn't in any way indicate that she was a part of the wedding planning group, But apparently, Mary knew something that lots of us need to know, too. Jesus fixes problems. Jesus helps address issues. Jesus helps to bring about solutions to the problems and the challenges of life. And so Mary went to Jesus and told him about the problem. Now, why would Mary do that? Again, uh, she was not the wedding planner. But remember this, Mary was Jesus' mother. Mary had raised Jesus, and something very important that, yes, Jesus was her son, but at the same time, Mary was raising God. She was raising the Son of God, and she, even as she raised him, learned that early on, she apparently learned Jesus fixes problems. And at some point, Scripture doesn't point out exactly when, but apparently, Joseph, her husband, has died, and he's no longer on the scene. But something Mary apparently learned early on as she raised the boy Jesus, was Jesus fixes problems. And so when a problem comes up at the wedding, she was wise enough to go to the one who fixes problems, who happens to be her son, but also is the creator of the universe. She goes to Jesus and lets him know about the problems. Now note here, Jesus' response, as Scripture uh, points out, it, it sounds to many of us and to our ears, it sounds rude. But keep in mind, it wasn't rude at all because Jesus never was rude to anybody, never has been, never will be. It just comes across that way. And, you know, sometimes translations, they do that. They sound a certain way, but Jesus was never rude to anybody. He always walked in love, grace, and mercy continually. His response was, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And notice Mary's reaction is not one of offense at all either. She doesn't sound upset or disturbed, and it doesn't sound like her thinking is, how dare you talk to me that way? I'm your mother. Not at all. Her response 
indicates she fully expects Jesus to fix the problem. Notice the next thing she says. Her next words are, whatever he says to you, do it. She's not even talking to Jesus. She's going... She has assumed he's going to fix the problem, and she's expecting him to fix it. So she tells the servants, just do whatever he tells you to do. And very important is one of the powerful messages God has in the Word of God for all of us. And he sends this powerful message through Jesus' mother. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. In all of life, the lifestyle every follower of Christ is, is called to is one of listening to God and doing what he says. That's how we find real success in the fulfillment of our purpose in the world. Listen to God and do what he says. Just listen to God. Listen to the word of God. Listen to the spirit of God. Do what he says. That's where you find real success, real blessing in life. Listen to God and do what he says. And so Mary tells them, whatever he says to you, do it. So Jesus directs them to fill the water pots that they had, with fill them with water. And he tells them, fill the water pots with water. And there were water pots that happened to be there. They were for the, it's scripture says that they were for the manner, for, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus tells them to fill the water pots with water. And it says they fill them up to the brim. And then Jesus' directions to the servants was, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they take some of the water that had been made to wine to the master of the feast. The master tastes, tastes the wine and notice his response. His, his response to the wine Jesus has made is, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. In other words, the best wine they had all day at the feast was not what they had early on, which normally in that day and time the custom was give people the best wine first and then the not so good later on. But the best wine they had all day was what Jesus had created in that specific situation. Keep in mind, again, the best wine in all of life and the best aspect of all of life is when Jesus is given the opportunity to bring about his will in a given situation. That's how we walk in God's best in every situation. So the the wisdom and the counsel God gives us through Mary is wise counsel for all of us in all circumstances, in all situations, in all matters. Do what God says. So just as Mary says, whatever he says to you, do it. So whatever God tells us in his word of God, every command, do it. When he leads you by his spirit to, to carry out his work or his will in a given situation, simply do it. Whatever God is guiding us and telling us in his word we're to do, simply do it. And that's how we find success and fulfillment in the word and the will of God. When you have time, I would invite you to read the book of Ruth. It's only four short chapters, but it's a powerful passage about a young woman who becomes a, a widow early on. Yet she begins to come, she comes to know the God of Israel and put her faith in him. And God lifts her from being a very poor widow to being a married woman to a well-to-do man. And God not only saves her and brings her into the fold of Israel, she marries, has a child, and God places her in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Why? Because she heard God and followed God. In all of life, that's where real success is found. As mothers, as fathers, as men and women, as boys and girls, we're to listen to God and do what he says. Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to hear your word and your will through your word and your spirit. Thank you for the chance to be hearers 
and doers of your word. Help us to grow an understanding of our job is simply to listen to you and do what you tell us. And help us to know that that's where we find real success, real blessing in life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession and, of course, Hour of Intercession. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're one who has never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a great day to be saved. Today is a blessed day to make that step of asking Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply pray this prayer and commit your heart and life to the Lord with us even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways, Lord. By faith, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. Lord, you said in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my life wholly listening to you, obeying you, and following you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to be in touch with you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. If you prayed that prayer, please get in touch with us. Email us. I'd like to share with you. We'd like to share with you some resources and discipleship material that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the email joseph at afr.net. Or if you'd like any of the prayer and discipleship tools that we provide. We're glad to share them with you. The prayer tools, again, the kingdom prayers and any of the other prayer tools we provide or discipleship materials and resources. We're glad to share them. Our goal is that you'll take and use them for you and your family, but that you also will forward them with to family members, to fellow church members, to saved and unsaved persons that you may know so that they too can come to know Christ and begin to grow up and grow strong and then walk with him. Hope that you'll do it. We, we're taking time to look today at the topic, Insights from mothers in the Word of God. Hope that you'll take time to go back and read and meditate on the passages that we referred to. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.